show podcast we reply to absolutely everyone that's not true yeah we do there's like nine people that we have bullshit i no i make sure i reply to everybody okay i do you're a good lady please don't forget if you like the podcast give us a five star rating on apple podcasts hey listen to rob van damme's theme song while you do it why because it's five star Okay. What's up, guys? Are y'all ready for this super edition of our podcast? The super edition. And that's a reference to Super Smackdown. Super cheese balls. Yeah. We're going to get into that. So, what show should we start? Should we start with news first, actually? Yeah, let's start with the post-Royal Rumble news. All right. We find out. We're just going to jump right on into it. We find out that Andrade is suspended for 30 days for violating the wellness policy. What's your take? My take is that I have a conspiracy. Yeah. I think... Let's get deep into this water. This is deep, okay? <laughs> and I could be totally off base. I think Andrade and Charlotte have secretly broken up. Why? Because she was spotted partying hard in Miami on her Instagram, her stories. She was not wearing her engagement ring. Mojo Rock. She even posted a Twitter, a tweet. A Twitter. I sound like a old ass. Old ass boomer. Yeah, boomer. (laughs) She posted a tweet of Mojo carrying her in the rain. Now, this is just me, but if I was engaged to another man, I would never post that. I just think that's kind of disrespectful. Well, as a man who's been engaged five, six times, <laughs> I will tell you that if You my, you have no room to talk. Yeah, uh, this is true. If my lady was being cared like there are some workplace friends that my valet has that if I saw that photo I wouldn't trip. There are also other workers that if I saw that photo, I would trip and be like, what's this about? So Yeah, but she knew what she was doing. It's A, she's trying to make Andrade jealous because uh, they're broken up secretly. And you do that with Mojo Riley? I mean... Grody. There were no other dudes around. I'm jealous of Mojo Riley said no one ever. I'm just saying. Okay. And I could be. T- this is just all speculation. Dude, if this you're isn't right. anything. To- if I'm right, if I'm right, I mean, I deserve something. Yeah. I don't know what. I don't either. But yeah, that's just. And then Andrade got suspended. We don't know what for what, right? I'm. Uh, <laughs> I'll go out on limb. I'm gonna go tainted dick pills. What? I think he probably took some dick pills. Remember John Jones, the fighter? Yeah. He got suspended for taking some dick pills, and they were tainted. Really? I'm telling you. Oh, wow. I, that's what I'm going with. My Andrade would never do anything to cheat. Had to be had to be dick pills. Cheap thrills, dick pills. Daddy was a fall-down man. We'll see when he returns, if he returns on SmackDown. No. Uh, Charlotte could get him. Uh, Charlotte they, could bury his ass. <laughs> what are they doing with the title? He's well. He still is holding the title. I so. know. So that was weird. So like, I wonder because they suspended him on Tuesday, but he had a match and won his title on Monday night. That was the way to get him off TV, though. When Humberto, you know, drove his head into the uh, concrete. That was man. the way to get him off. You might. You must feel pretty good about yourself if you know you're about to get suspended for steroids and they still keep a title on it. That's it's true. gotta be dick pills. That's true. It's gotta be dick pills. Okay, moving on. Let's talk about John Cena declaring that he thinks Brock Lesnar is the best in-ring performer of all time. Thoughts? So I don't disagree with him in that when he's in the ring, his work is always really special. But how, how often do you... He does, like, three moves. No. Dude, his match with AJ is great. Daniel Bryan is great. His stuff with Cena was great. His stuff with Triple H was great. His stuff with Punk was good. I don't his like... His last Rey Mysterio stuff was fine. Uh, the Goldberg stuff. 
Who has a good match with Goldberg? Brock Lesnar. Not good match. It was a good match. It wasn't a long match. It was exactly what it needed to be, it's but every mar- part of that was good. Mm, it's a marquee match, but good match? That's like saying that you didn't like the Conor McGregor fights because he won too fast. It now, was still display of exactly what they wanted. Maybe, I would say, yes, Brock Lesnar is the most explosive in-ring competitor ever, but I wouldn't say best. I'm fine with what Cena said. My only defense to it would be how often do you need to do it for it to be uh, considered the best of all time. Like, if Jordan only played for five years, six years, Mm -hmm. would you be able to be like, oh, he's the GOAT? Mm, No. Right? So that's kind of where I'm at with that. Because I think, you know, I don't think anybody could do this year yearly. But what Brock does, every time he's in a match, I'm, I'm ready for it. Okay, but he has three matches a year. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I agree with that, but they're we could always good. go on all day about that. Speaking of Brock, so it was reported that Matt Riddle and Brock Lesnar had heat backstage at the Rumble. And then WWE has been telling NXT performers not to call out main roster stars. So we all know, you know, Matt Riddle's been calling out Brock. I guess it's just a way to get attention and, you know, like, people will be like, who's this kid? Or, hmm, be more interested or try to bait Brock into a match or a storyline. straight up. He's working, bro. Yeah. He's working. I don't think, I, I actually don't even think this is a rumor. I think this news came out, but the day after it came out, WWE Performance Center put out a YouTube video of Matt Riddle calling out Brock Lesnar. So you think it's a work? I just think that... That meeting was probably a joke, and somebody got it and was like, oh, I'm going to say this was some news. And okay. it came across. I think somebody in the Performance Center joked, making a joke, saying, hey, you can't do this anymore. And it got to somebody, and they were like, hey, this is newsworthy. I guess. We'll never know. No, but it's just Matt. And hey, maybe Brock did go up to Riddle and say, I'm never going to work with you, right. so chill. But I'm that's sure just he two did. personal guys. I don't think that... That happening would make Triple H or Vince McMahon be like, go tell your boys to calm down. Well, no, they have to do something because if not, then all the any NXT star could publicly call out a main roster star. Then here it gets all this attention and, you know, it could spiral. So I feel like there needs to be a boundary. Man, spiral. And then they'd what? Wrestle and have a match and make Vince McMahon money? That'd be crazy. This is silly. Okay, but... I mean, that's like saying what? Nothing. You got nothing right now. I'm trying to We're going to pause for 30 minutes. I'm trying to think of a weak competitor on NXT. But then it wouldn't matter because that person has no carry. Matt Riddle has carry. Does he? Uh, Apparently, he was in the Royal Rumble. He made this conversation. I'm just not a fan, bro. Okay, well, that's that's just like your opinion, man. Uh, well, here we are. <laughs> so, AJ Styles got injured at Rumble after Edge speared him, but he did say it's not Edge's fault. It was the way he landed, so no blame on Edge. He will be back in time for WrestleMania, though, which is good. So, with his injury, I'm wondering like what the plans were for him or if this is going to affect anything. Yeah, I don't know what the plans were. It seems like everything AJ's been in has either just been washed or they don't uh, go anywhere with him it. And a- him and Orton never even really had a big him payoff. Him and McIntyre never really had a big payoff. Right. Him and Ricochet never really had a big payoff. Yeah. Like, they've just kind of used him to fill gaps. So maybe this is a good thing. Maybe instead of just seven minutes of TV time because we have AJ and we have to put him on, They'll get some time to clear some space up for something. Also, we want to just send quick prayers to Bret Hart, who revealed that he was diagnosed with skin cancer, basal cell carcinoma. However, it is curable with early detection, so thankfully he caught it early. But yeah, get get your exams, get checked. Yeah, skin cancer don't stop the excellence of execution. So shall we get into this week's shows? Yeah, I've got some news for you, though. What? Oh, wait a minute. You forgot to go over my favorite part of the news. Just read it. Oh, my gosh. I totally forgot. I forgot the forgettable revival. In way. The revival, reportedly, 
asked, requested their release again. Who All cares? Right. No, this is huge news because this is the second time they've done this. The first time Vince paid them more. I don't know what happens here. But now, granted, I'm not going to go out on a limb and say that, like, the Royal Rumble reminded me that WWE and AEW are two completely different things. Uh-huh. Like, when WWE hits, nothing can hit with it. So, I don't, I'm not saying this would be huge, but it is telling that there are people that are turning down $700,000 a year on the biggest company in the world to go wrestle for AEW, maybe? That tells me, like, that's a big deal. This isn't TNA where people are failing drug tests or or getting fired for something silly and then going to AE, or to TNA. These are people who are legit making good money. Dean Ambrose is an example. Jericho knows now, like, I'm not getting that WWE paycheck anymore. Now the revival. It's kind of telling. Well... I mean, the revival. They after they requested their release the first time, didn't they get the titles? But it wasn't memorable. It, they did, and I think that that was Vince's way of being like, "Hey, look, we think you are top guys." But that's I don't yeah. think that's what they care about. I think they truly care about the craft of what they do, and they're looking at it, and it's like, if we can enjoy working again and make the same amount of money, why not do it? I mean, I don't I, think that. I mean, I think they have a lot of good friends and maybe they're not thinking about that because if you look at the backstage stuff or the YouTube stuff the revival's in everybody's stuff Mm -hmm. he's an up up down down Seamus's stuff like if you've got a YouTube video or a YouTube page you've got the revival on so So I'm saying they like I think they have a lot of good close friends so it really makes me feel like if they were to leave it's strictly saying we can't do the quality that we want in WWE so we're gonna go elsewhere which is kind of interesting. I don't Do want to see them in AEW because uh, the AEW has way better tag division than the Revival. I think it would only add to it. No. That's crazy. I don't care about the what Revival. Would, what, what I'm interested in is what happens if they offer them a big big paycheck and send them back to NXT. Vince, listen to us. Just let them be released. Wow. Okay? Wow. Well, wow. he does listen, so we'll see if he listens <laughs> to you this week. Yeah. Let's get to Raw. All right, Raw kicks off with Drew McIntyre, who we all know won the Royal Rumble, and he challenges Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania right off the bat. He says he isn't terrified of Brock, and he knows he will beat him for the WWE Championship. Now, we find out that, now, I mean, this is all rumors, granted, that it was going to be between Drew McIntyre and Aleister Black. Did you hear that? I did. And Vince went with Drew. Thank God, Vince, you finally made a good decision to go with Drew. I don't think Alistair's ready yet. Uh, 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 don't even. No, he's definitely ready. No. 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 He walked into NXT ready. He is absolutely ready. Now, what I'm, what's interesting to me about the whole thing is to even know that Alistair was that close. I know. That surprises me. I don't even, I don't know how I feel about that. It also makes me feel like, that if that was the option, then the big match going into Mania is going to be the SmackDown match. No, it's going to be Drew and uh, Lesnar. Because Drew won the Rumble, therefore that's going to be the big match. At first it was going to just that be... was it last year? It was going to be... Last year the person who won the Rumble was the first match. Well... I mean, you can't really compare because that was Rollins, Lesnar. You want it to be the main event really bad, but I don't think it's going to be. Okay, well, we can bet on it. How much do you want to bet Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar will main event, and I mean the last match main event, WrestleMania. Come up with something right now. And Drew Drew McIntyre will win. Come up with something right now, and I'll tell you yours. And if you're right, I'll do something. What's What's your bet? Our stipulation? Yeah, give me anything. I'll have to... I'll buy you $100 worth of trading cards. Okay, but they have to be NBA Prism. <laughs> All right. If That's I, his thing. If I win, I love trading cards. Hey, if you guys want to trade some WWE, do some uh, Topps WWE <laughs> trading, send us uh, some Twitter notifications, and we, we might have some surprises for you. We got some stuff we're trying to send off. We're, we're trying to get that Zion. Yeah, we are. But look, if I'm right... 
and they're not the main event, uh-huh. you have to, for the podcast, sing the national anthem and do it seriously. Are no you joking. S- you have to sing it as best as you can. Oh, my God. <laughs> Put it on the board. I've been waiting my whole life for this. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. But uh, Alistair over Drew is probably the right idea. But No, I'm, it's not. I mean, excuse me. Drew over Alistair. Thank you. But I disagree with you saying Alistair's not ready. I just don't think he's ready. But anyways, so Drew on Raw issues an open challenge to anyone in the back. And the OC come out, and then we have a handicap match, but Drew quickly pins both of them in about three minutes. Before I heard the AJ news and I watched this, I thought, oh, something's wrong with AJ. Yeah. Because I was like, why would they just throw these guys to him when you have anybody in the back? So afterwards, Brock Lesnar comes in the ring from behind and F5's Drew. So that was it for that. (laughs) The Um, build we've all been waiting for. And it's that. They have three months. Yeah, but he'll only be there for like three weeks. So Alistair Black squashes another nobody, then gets on the mic. We're not going to cover Ray versus MVP because, I mean, it was MVP's last match. Ray beat him. Nothing more to be said, really. <laughs> what? I wasn't excited. Like, when MVP came out, Me people either. popped, and it was like, that's cool. Nobody popped. Are you crazy? I've heard a little bit of a pop. After he was in the ring, they started to kind of get a little louder. I thought the theme popped when they heard the clock ticking. People were like, oh, I remember that. I feel like nobody remembered him, but whatever. So Alistair squashed another jobber, then cut a promo saying that he'll bring the fight to the locker room instead of them bringing the fight to him. So now we're going to have to see what happens with him because... I'm really tired of him squashing jobbers every week. I like the promo. I agree with you on that, though. Yeah. So, Seth Rollins got on the mic and told Drew McIntyre to enjoy this moment right now because they will stab you in the back so fast. So, I like that Rollins said that because it's as if he is bitter but still in a heel way and it just worked. So, I want to talk about Seth Rollins because we haven't really, you know, delved deep into his Monday Night Messiah gimmick. Are you liking it? I dig it. I like the J&J security better. The old Seth. Yeah. But this is really good and it's making sense. The only thing I wish he would drop is the whole with the crowd, like... You did this. You wanted this. Like, (laughs) it's kind of like you can be a bad guy and do bad things. You don't have to constantly remind me why. See, I disagree with you. I think by him doing that, it's like making me like, oh, like. But that's cheap heat. Well, kind of, but not really. because That heat is the same as a pop of, hey, we're here in New York City tonight. But the crowd did turn on him. So, I mean, he's just reiterating what everybody wanted, and now here he is. See, I disagree with that. The story that they're going off of is that everybody was eaten out of the hands of Seth Rollins and wanted him to win against Brock. But in my my bubble, that wasn't a big deal. Yeah. There was a reason it was the first match on Mania. The, the, the buildup was just Seth being like, I've been wanting to do this since I was a little <laughs> boy in Iowa. And it was like cool <laughs> so i agree with you, you turn on seth wow you you've totally turned on seth no i just this is seth at his finest right now and i'm all about putting people in situations to succeed so we have a tag team championship match between rollins and murphy versus ko and samoa joe but this was the way this was built or like set up was weird because AOP was in Rollins' dressing room and Kevin Owens wanted proof. And after he got it, he said, Thanks. Then the Viking Raiders attacked AOP. Then it cuts to commercial. I didn't like the dialogue before the match, it didn't do much for me. Um, in the middle of the match, the medical staff forced Joe to leave after he did a dive, I guess, and knocked the wind out of himself. Which doesn't give him much credibility, but now it's two on one and KO can't keep up with the numbers game. So Buddy Murphy rolls him up for the victory after he gives Rollins a stunner. So that was that. I didn't really like that. When um, 
Paul Heyman was writing for SmackDown is when we got the Eddie Chavo, Edge Benoit, Ang- or Angle Benoit. Remember the tag team? They kept doing the tag team matches uh-huh. with all the top stars. And, and the philosophy was like, if we've got this one top guy and we can put him in tag team matches, that way we can get three people over with one guy that's really over. Uh-huh. I feel like he's doing that again. And Joe, the Joe KO thing just isn't working for me. Yeah. I'm getting no sense of anything from that duo. Same. I don't like it either. So, Becky Lynch did a promo this week saying that basically she's beaten everyone on the roster that she has had to, and she collected Asuka's debt, and that the next woman she beats won't be because she has to, but because she wants to. Yeah, so they're basically building Becky to be kind of cocky in a way, but we'll see who her opponent for Mania will be. I mean, well, I, well, you gotta think, and we've talked about this during the Rumble thing, but you gotta think it's gonna be Charlotte, right? No. You, they're, okay. They're not gonna do Charlotte versus Becky again. At least I freaking hope not. I, I don't know, man. That that just seems very Dusty Roads versus There's not, Flair. No, maybe in a year, do it again. Okay. Not now. Okay, we'll not see. now. We'll see. Speak of the devil, Charlotte comes out and says she's still thinking about who to challenge at WrestleMania after winning the Rumble. Then Asuka interrupts her and tells her congratulations and that if she was in the Rumble, she would have won. Then she, along with Carrie Sane, attacks Charlotte. Then we see a match with Charlotte and Asuka, which... Dude, that match felt like it went on forever. But, I mean, they have great matches together. It just went on too long. There's been, That has happened a lot with the women lately. Yeah. Where they're like, you know... And I appreciate the fact that they're giving them time. Uh-huh. But there's some of them where it's like, man, two minutes off that match? Chef's kiss. It they ended... add a little too much. Yeah, well, it ended in DQ. Um, so, the second hour and a half of Raw got extremely boring to me. I don't know why Humberto Carrillo and Andrade had a rematch after Humberto lost until we found out that Andrade has to get written off TV. But I wasn't too interested in that because we hadn't, we didn't know that Andrade was getting suspended during Raw. Um, and then we had some 24-7 title crap and then Liv versus Lana, so nothing to really talk about. Now, On to the main attraction of the night. They made us wait three damn hours for this. Edge. On this day. I want to note. Continue singing. I see clearly. (laughs) I want to note how throughout the night they freaking showed Edge return at the Rumble. It seemed like 50 times. And then. (laughs) And then on SmackDown. That's what exhaust me about this show. I know. Is if you watched last week, you don't need to watch an hour and a half of Raw. <laughs> it's just some dude named Vic Victor or something or Tom Philip comes like doing their little monotone voices of, well let me catch up on last week and it's like, I'm good, bro. I know. But yeah, uh then they were they were showing different clips of Edge throughout his career. So we already knew he'd be coming out last. But um, so coming out last, you know, we knew it was going to be big. And I was predicting an Orton interruption or an AJ interruption. But he comes out and starts talking about how he has felt better throughout the years and he wants to retire on his terms and starts talking about what ifs and that was kind of the theme of the promo it was a pretty good promo (laughs) he lost me at one point when he was like i may be a little older might have a little gray hair but i've got one thing that i can look another man in the eye and tell him i have and then he looks at the the camera and goes grit shut up i like that oh it just reminds me edges on my mount rushmore cool (laughs) <laughs> no, Edge is great. I just kind of was like, okay, Edge. Because here we are again, and we're talking about Seth. Let's not act like Edge at his best isn't heel Edge. Well, yeah. So it's like one of those things where it's like, I'm super happy to see you. I'm ready for you to get done with what you're doing. 
so you can be at your best. I know. Oh, you know what? He did sign a three-year deal, right? Right. I'm hoping we see that heel edge. Oh, you'll absolutely see heel You think? And it'll be so over because everybody will love him. And if they do it right, Uh it could be humongous. Now, they'll probably not do it right, (laughs) and it'll suck, but it'll (laughs) definitely happen. All right, so in the middle of his promo, Randy Orton comes out like we predicted and says, Hey, Edge, I have a what if for you. What if Rated RKO got back together one last time and the crowd cheers loudly? But then, out of nowhere, Orton gives Edge an RKO, then slams a chair on his head, and that's how we go off the air. Yeah, bravo with this, man. Yeah. And, and uh, Orton's patience, which usually can sometimes drag me down, <laughs> was perfect. Yeah. His, his sitting on the ropes and contemplating and things like that. And uh, despicable, I think. What a, what a shame that we'll never get to see Edge again, because clearly he's done. No, oh my god. No, I mean, this is a. Okay, A, is this a mania match or is this a super showdown match? Is, oh, if they ruin the, If they do this on Super Showdown, I'm probably gonna. This will be my last episode. Right? <laughs> Dude. Yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah, this has to be mania. And, like, take your time with Edge coming back. Now yeah. that I know he's back, awesome. I'm good. Like, I don't need to see him in two weeks. Right. Let me, let me really get. Let me want to have him back again. And if you want, like, even show recovery process videos or pictures or whatever like they usually do. But I don't need him in the ring for a Raw or for this next throwaway pay-per-view. I want to see his first match back needs to be Mania. And it needs to be against Orton. It needs to have that Triple H, Shawn Michaels uh, unsanctioned match feel to it. That'd be dope. Yeah. All right, moving on to SmackDown. So, SmackDown, like I said before, they advertise this as Super SmackDown in honor of the Super Bowl. By the way, who do you think is going to take the Super Bowl? I'm going 49ers. No, I'm going Chiefs. I want the Chiefs to win, but I think the 49ers are going to be able to run it down their throat. I don't know. It's going to be good because... But at the same time, the Chiefs can score in like 45 seconds, so it doesn't really matter. Right. It's going to be a fun game. Yeah, this is like one of the most... Who's the halftime show? J-Lo and Shakira. What year is it? (laughs) I know. So the show opens with Roman Reigns and the Usos on the mic going back and forth with Baron Corbin. I noticed how Roman talks a little different when his cousins, Jimmy and Jay, are around. The hood comes out a Yes, <laughs> he adds more hood to his voice, which I actually know. I wish he would keep that. No, nah, I don't hate it, but it's funny now that you bring it up. Like, you're right. He does kind of yeah. gets that hood confidence in him. So they're supposed to have a six-man tag tonight. And they add a stipulation to the match where the losers have to eat dog food. And they freaking advertise this the whole night. There was dog food on the stage. Um, I'm glad the Usos are back. I love them. I like their promos, the way they bounce off each other. Street Profits take notes. Did you like the Street Profits no. SNL thing? You no, didn't? I don't. I don't like it. I think it's it has potential. Right. I don't think... Um, Some of the jokes are bad. I don't think Dawkins has any charisma at all. I think his charisma is not being used correctly. Like, get. let's not get it twisted. People might not know this, but Dawkins is like a three-sport college athlete. Like, when he went to college, he played three sports. That's incredible. That kind of athleticism. So, like, he ain't no joke. But him trying to play off of the street profits, he's getting overlooked totally. He'll he'll straight up be Marty. Oh, for sure. And it's not his fault. For sure. Like, Marty wasn't bad. Marty was good. Dawkins isn't bad. He's good. But he's going to end up being like Marty. We're going to get to the main event, you know, at the end of the SmackDown discussion. So, because it ends very... I mean, we'll get there. 
We have a Fatal 4-Way Tag Team Match between Heavy Machinery, The Revival, Lucha House Party, and John Morrison and Miz. And the winners will be the number one contenders to face the New Day at Super Showdown. So, John Morrison pins a member of The Revival. Uh, forgot which one for the win. And I knew this before this even started, that The Revival would eat the pin. So, yeah. What is John Morrison's character? Is he just like, yeah. I have no idea. Just following the like, around like, yeah. I guess, uh, like, they're both Hollywood, California. Yeah. Cool dudes. Cool. Their little dirt sheet thing is coming back next week. But he doesn't talk. <laughs> and that's fine, because The Miz needs to be the mic of it. Yeah. But, like, I don't understand what he is. right. Like, if you didn't know, if you didn't watch back then, and now you're watching, I, what you're just like, what is he? No, but see, whenever he was, like, a singles competitor, when was it, like, 2011? Yeah. I didn't watch back then. So I've never seen him in his role as being... I, I only saw him when he was with Eminem. Check that out on Netflix if Lucha Underground's still on. Uh-huh. He does some work on that. He's huh. good. And you'll also get some, uh, m- most of AEW's roster. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the Intercontinental Championship match between Braun Strowman and the champ Nakamura. And I can't even tell you how many times Nakamura has defended this title. It seems like zero. And the defenses he's had, so he won it back at Extreme Rules. About, what is that, eight months ago? It's been 20 years. None of his defenses were memorable. Nobody wants any, bro. This title needs more meaning to it. It's become very stale and very irrelevant. So commentary before the match really gasses Strowman's resume in the WWE, even though he's never won a singles championship. He's never won a title, but the man's picked up an ambulance. He's picked (laughs) up an 18-wheeler. And he's thrown down our Titan Tron on top of another human being. Well, they kept reiterating how he has the record for the most eliminations in the Rumble. But oh. they're counting the 50-man greatest Royal Rumble. I also, mean, what does that get you? Yeah. And he was, a, ta- he was a tag team champion with a 10-year-old. So... I don't know. Something about Strowman I can never get behind. I don't like him as a heel. <laughs> that was really late into WrestleMania, and we were there, and we had a little too many cocktails that night. Oh, and yeah. I remember when they tagged the kid in. Nicholas. Nicholas. I just kept screaming, punch him in the mouth. That was... Imagine... I really... I wanted Seamus to just <laughs> knock the kid out for some reason. Imagine being there, and that's, like, his partner. Anyway... Yeah, Strowman, I was just never a fan. I don't think I'll ever be a fan of Strowman. You're ne- no one's ever going to be a fan of this Strowman. No, hell no. no. Okay, first of all, when you have a catchphrase like, get these hands, yeah. A, it can't be three years late. Right. And B, you cannot, and I get trying to sell shirts and shit, you can't do it over and over and over. You can't. Only like The Rock and Stone Cold could do that. Yeah. Um, and then his little thing he does on the outside. This match was less than five minutes long, and it ended with Sami Zayn exposing the turnbuckle, but it backfired because... Like my last night in the bedroom. Only five minutes long, and it ended with <laughs> Sami Zayn exposing the turnbuckle. Huh. It backfired because Strowman used it to take out Nakamura for the win. So, Braun Strowman is your new Intercontinental Champion. Alright. I'm sure we'll see a rematch next week, right? It just, it makes me feel bad for the artist. Like... Nakamura? Yeah. Like, well, just uh, Nakamura, Sammy, and Cesaro. Man, they can paint, they can write music. If they could only draw... Maybe they wouldn't get treated like this. Oh my god. Cesaro is a draw. People want Cesaro. People wanted Cesaro. They didn't give it to us and we were like, alright. I, I agree with you. I love Sami Zayn. Nakamura, he got NXT over. Yeah. So like, to he see this. He won the Rumble. To, yeah. To see this. And then they're mad at us because AJ and Nakamura didn't go over the way it did because they went into like 
Let's write a story about them kicking each other in the dick over and over. Yeah. That's not our fault. Y'all did that. So, Seamus, speaking of another, uh, just wasted. I mean, and I could be being uh, kind of presumptuous in this because he did just return, but it's Seamus. Seamus is already established, and I'm, I was never a Seamus fan, so I don't have his back or anything, but... His return has been very underwhelming. He hasn't... He wasn't even in the Rumble. He's fighting Shorty G. And you know what? I really just want him and Cesaro to get back together and be the bar again. Because they worked really well. And it put the spotlight on them. And they were five-time tag team champions. It has to be that they're just testing the waters with him, right? Like, we're going to give you this kind of low on the card match. We're not going to put you in the rumble. We're going to give you a super safe opponent. And we're just going to see if you can do it. Because like, I feel like if they were confident that he's back healthy, ready to roll, he's got to make more of an impact than he is. They wouldn't have cleared him. I agree with you. Like, I, Maybe he, they're just like, we, you got to get back in reach. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But like, it's they've totally wasted this comeback. And this is Triple H's boy. And like, and people can argue that, well, he's just coming back. He's got it. They got to rebuild him. No. I mean, they would have to rebuild somebody like, say, Shorty G got out. Yeah, if he came back, yeah, they'd have to rebuild him. Sheamus has been in the business how long? 10 years, 11 years. He's won a Rumble. He, he's he been champion. Like, no, you don't have to rebuild Sheamus. He beat Daniel Bryan in seven seconds. Yeah. Yeah, the bar was great. Five-time champion. Strong, yeah. I totally, not only that, look at him. Yeah. Like, if you can't tell that this motherfucker's a bad dude by just looking at him, then I don't know what to tell you. But... Yeah, totally wasted. I don't I don't know what they're doing. Okay, well, I want to talk about how proud I am of Bailey this week because she really let loose on her promo on SmackDown and you could tell she went out there, she wasn't stiff. She gave us that hill persona deep within her and she got really booed. I mean, like people cared about what she had to say, which means she did her job. And then Naomi came out wearing some kind of weird light fixture on her head. That was Naomi? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> I thought it was Dead Mouse. <laughs> uh, but Bailey looked on in disgust, and Naomi told Bailey that she has never beaten her and that the title could use some glow. Who the hell even knows if that's true? <laughs> You've never beaten me? Like. I don't know what the house match results are from 1997. Well, on paper, on where paper, it matters. where it matters. On paper view. <laughs> Mid sentence, Bailey punches Naomi, but Naomi gets on her feet and stands tall after hitting Bailey. So both of them did pretty good. You know, Naomi at times can be kind of shaky on the mic and kind of seem, I feel like, kind of unsure of herself. But both of them did really well, and they're more confident now. And it's coming to a point where soon, I mean, they're going to be vets with all these new NXT women coming up. Yeah. I mean, I, it seems like yesterday where Bailey and Naomi and freaking Sasha and Charlotte were just coming on the TV. I like Naomi. I think the worst thing for her is overexposure. And I feel like if she's on too often, it's it's going to kill her. Because like... The, we know every week, if you come out every week, the most exciting part of what you do is your intro. Uh-huh. And that's not a knock. But I'm just saying, if that's the most exciting thing, it's not going to last long. You, can't, you cannot put her out and you can't do the intro. It's, treat her like Bray Wyatt almost. I mean, I know what you're saying, but I like watching her in the ring. I do too. Uh, I'm not saying that. I'm she just does. saying... To keep what she's got to be special. Because it could be really cool. And this could be something that kids go crazy for. But you can't do it every week. Or it'll just get stale. I don't know what they'll be doing with Lacey Evans. I don't know what your favorite food is. But if you eat it every day, you're not going to like it after two weeks. Well, that's debatable. (laughs) I've never had it, so. So, (laughs) it's time for the six-man tag main event. 
where the loser eats dog food. Can you just go over the results? No, I want to say how I was going to be really pissed if nobody ate dog food because they teased it throughout the entire show. I don't even want to struggle. I just want somebody to eat dog food. They, they had huge freaking like cans or not cans but pots of dog food bubbling which is crazy because they just booked this match and two hours ago <laughs> so why did they just have all this dog food in the back well roman ends up rolling up corbin for the win and then the usos handcuff him and they pour the dog food all over corbin it looked really disgusting not even gonna lie but since Roman got his payback on Corbin, hopefully this is the end of the Corbin-Roman era. I have no idea if we've seen this tag, this six-man tag before. Jesus. But I feel like I've seen we it did last 12 week. times. I'm pretty sure it was on Maybe. last week. Who knows? I feel like I've seen it a hundred times. Yeah. Yeah. It Be done, please. So, there was no Fiend and no Daniel Bryan tonight. So much for yeah. Super Show. Super Show. Super Show, but we're not going to have our champion on. Or the biggest draw on the show. Yeah. All right. Do you feel like they did a strap match strictly, strictly because AEW is doing the strap thing? And they were like, let's beat them to it. What strap thing? The uh, the the lashes that Cody's got to take. No. I think that, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. No, no. All right. Speak of AEW. This is the part where if you don't care about Dynamite or AEW, you might, you might want to skip through. Um, so the show kicks off with John Moxley coming to the ring wearing his eye patch, which I think is a great touch, and it makes him look like even more of a badass than he already is. So he looks like Snake from uh, Metal Gear. It's an old video game. I wouldn't know. Cool. So we know February 29th is the next pay-per-view called Revolution, and Moxley will take on Jericho for the AEW Championship. So Moxley basically says that Jericho is dirty, unethical, and that he sees Jericho as an insecure egomaniac and a coward and a bully. He calls Jericho out for an ass beating, but Jericho comes out and says Moxley deserves everything he's gotten because he didn't accept his offer to join the inner circle. So the inner circle all come out, and then this is where I didn't like this. They call out more so-called thugs. So now it's 10 on 1 instead of 5 on 1. You know, like, that's unnecessary. I, I didn't like that. Yeah, that's that's old school. A lot of this is old school booking, right? So, yeah. like, we're going to give you an eye patch, and we're going to give you this. You're going to be an underdog, and da-da-da-da-da. But, like, Moxley doesn't need any of this. This promo is almost just as bad as anything they gave him at WWE. Like, let this dude go to work. And if, if he's writing this shit, then, like, turn it on, man. Yeah. Well, he gives Ortiz a DDT, and then the rest of the inner circle and the thugs start attacking Moxley, but then security breaks it up. And then Jericho's plan has gone straight to hell. Those were JR's words. Straight to hell. Moxley then leaves and taunts throughout the hometown Ohio crowd. This segment was okay. I mean, I thought it could be better, but... Yeah, I mean, you know, I've, I've said this to a couple people for a few weeks. I don't know what day AEW starts writing. I wish they would start one day before. Because I feel like they always just kind of write things and they never have that time to say, let's really tweak this and make it personal and, and get it. Yeah. Some of their stuff's on point. But you can tell that that stuff's usually always MJF, Cody, you know... I wish that this these two guys have to tighten up. We find out that MJF hires the Butcher and the Blade to take care of the Young Bucks for throwing him in the swimming pool last week. So they face off in a tag match. We also have MJF on commentary, so... Blessed. I would love to hear MJF on commentary all night, just roasting everyone. Dude, I would pay $5 to just listen to MJF commentate, like, mania. <laughs> he like he, he said you don't want beef with the butcher <laughs> you don't want beef with the butcher and the only scripture these marks know is Austin 316 yeah 
So the young bugs hit the blade with the melter driver for the win, and afterwards they get attacked by the butcher, but Omega comes in and makes the save along with Adam Page, who comes out with a beer, and he tells Matt Jackson, hold my beer, and then he takes down the blade with the buckshot and walks out, and it was the coolest moment of the night. Best, my, this is probably my favorite story in AEW right now. Adam Page? The Adam Page is the tag team champions with Omega. Yeah. He obviously doesn't feel that his friendship with the Bucks or the Elite is there anymore. And Kenny's trying to be peacekeeper. And it's like, I don't know. I, I like see Like when he was walking down the aisle, I didn't know what he was going to do. Yeah. I like that. I, I like not knowing. We had Kip Sabian versus Cody Rhodes, who comes out with Arn Anderson. We saw a lot of heel tactics and distractions by Penelope to try and help Kip. And she even hit Cody with a hurricanrana off the apron. There was one point in the match where Penelope and Kip go for a kiss, but Joey Janela got in the middle of them as they closed their eyes. It was weird, but effective. It was weird because, like, was... Joey just sitting there the all crowd, night yeah, in the waiting for them to hopefully kiss? I know. I mean... I like Kip and Penelope a lot. Yeah. I don't hate Joey, Janela, but th- I don't know that Janela's a face. Right. I kind of agree. Him. I agree. Yeah. Cody ends up winning the match with the Cody Cutter and Double Crossroads. Now, moving on to... The Britt Baker stuff. <laughs> My girl. You're excited. Her promo last week on the cruise was extremely, extremely cringe. I think you're just jealous that while she was getting her PhD, Tony Schiavone was a shit barista at Starbucks. I'm sorry, but... like <laughs> Dude, when he mouthed, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> when she did that, I marked out. Just... The delivery on it sucked, and her voice was too shaky. She wasn't, like, confident in herself. And her freaking boyfriend is Adam Cole, the best, one of the best heels in the business, so I was expecting more. But this past week, she did pick it up a little bit, I will say. She called out JR and tells him to never interrupt her again. And then she starts roasting him and talks about how this is her division. And... She seems just way more confident this week, so I will give her that. She still needs work, though. But her line about Cleveland finally having a baker they can trust in was a 10 out of 10. (laughs) Hey, I like it a lot. I think she's getting heat now. You're right. She's got to clean some things up. This is the moment of your career where (laughs) for the rest of your heel life, you're either going to get heat Mm-hmm. Or you're going to get X-Pac heat. Right. So be careful here. But I think she's on the right path. She does have the potential to get that nice heat that you want. I mean, because she's, she's starting to get it. They did boo her really badly this past week. And so, I mean, she has potential. It's there. It's just now hers to grab and take it. For the main event, we have Jericho and Santana and Ortiz versus Private Party and Darby Allen. Darby Allen once again proved why he is so fun to watch. He had the crowd going for him, and he was really fast throughout the whole match, especially against Jericho. Jericho needed a breather, understandably so. I feel like we haven't seen... When's the last time we've seen Private Party? They, here it is again, where like if you want to see all of our guys, you got to watch AEW Dark. Exactly. And being the elite. And it's just like... I, some of us don't have time for all Exactly. That. I'm talking about I want to see them on TNT on Wednesday night. You know? Like, I, I don't agree. watch After Dark. This match was pretty fluid and fun to watch. Jericho hit the Judas effect on Cassidy and picked up the win. Oh, that looked good when he hit it. Yeah. It was quick. Cassidy sold like a G yeah, with his did. hand like yeah. shaking. I thought that this is where the inner circle really looked dominant. Like... Uh, Jake Hager was getting involved. Sammy was getting involved. There was always like some movement around, and I was like, yeah. "All right, they used their group really wisely here." Well, after the match, Inner Circle starts beating up Darby Allen and Private Party, and Sammy Guevara takes the takes Darby Allen's skateboard and starts hitting him with it. 
But then Moxley comes out with a baseball bat and fights off the inner circle for the ending of Dynamite. Just once again, feel like one of those things where they wrote it, and I was like, man, if you'd have wrote that a day before and had a night to sleep on the idea, you probably could have came up with some pretty cool concepts to add to that. Because I felt like the open and the sh- the close of this show was just flat. Uh, well, they have what three, four weeks to build to the pay per view, so. All right. Yeah, uh, NXT, I can't even lie to you guys, didn't watch it. I, I did watch, uh, this might sound bad, but I watched the intro, then I turned it off. Uh, I liked how they started the show with Beth Phoenix looking very somber and saying that Randy Orton's actions to her husband, who we all know is Edge, if you don't know that, then you've been living under a rock. Under the rock. <laughs> but she said that she wanted to be by her husband, but he told her to come to work because they are professionals. So I liked how they did that instead of pretending like nothing happened, you know, on it, to Edge on Raw. Um, basically, NXT is building towards TakeOver Portland. Which is coming up quick. When is it? Isn't it in February? Yeah, but I'm not too sure when. Yes, but I mean, we only got four weeks. So it's in the next three or four weeks. We know that Adam Cole will face Ciampa, and we know that Bianca Belair will face uh, Rhea Ripley. I mean... I'm assuming we'll get Keith Lee rematch. Yeah. It'll be good. Takeovers are always dope. We'll have to... We'll We'll go into that next week. We'll cover Takeover, but, I mean, the build... Oh, well, we can go over it real quick. So, we're getting Ripley Belair, like you said, Finn Gargano, which is going to be great. And it seems like they're going for Balor, and uh, he attacked uh, Mustache Mountain. Uh So, it feels like we're getting Tyler Bate. Maybe he's moving over, which, whew. Well, I got a boner. Undisputed Era, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly versus the Broserweights, Matt Riddle and Pete Dunn. Adam Cole versus Tommaso Ciampa and Dakota Kai versus Tegan Knox in a street fight. That should be good. Yeah, I think this card is really good, actually. You like Tegan Knox, don't you? No, I like Dakota Kai. Follow us on Twitter. Add us on... I don't ever hardly plug her. Add us on MySpace. We're not on MySpace. Is anyone on MySpace? No. Uh, follow our channel on YouTube. Please like, subscribe, five-star, everything, if you do not mind. And on that note, are we out? We're out.